0: Hello, and welcome to the uh, 40th episode of Mega Ten Marathon. It's a game by game journey between the uh it's a game by game journey um into the Shin Megami Tensei and Persona series. And uh for this episode we're going to be doing uh the first uh Digital Devil Saga game. Um so uh here am I. Who am I here with?
1: Uh, it's so- Alex. I'm back. Hello. Hey Alex, welcome back.
0: <laughs>
2: And uh, I'm Elisa.
0: Howdy, Elisa. Hello. It's been a while since we uh, did our last uh, episode, and uh, it's also been a while since we played this game. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, Digital Devil Saga. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, development on it um, basically started prior to the beginning of uh, development on uh, Nocturne, which was in 2002. Um, and it was known uh, under the working title uh, "New Goddess," and uh, basically, like after the uh, you know uh, severe uh, form of like masochistic punishment that was Nocturne, they were uh, going for uh, something that was kind of like uh, a little more accessible to a uh, broader audience that was still like kind of like true to the roots of uh, SMT. And uh, something that's interesting, I didn't get a chance to read it before we recorded this episode, but I downloaded the Kindle book um, that uh, sort of like laid out kind of like the basic inspiration for uh, this game that was uh, written by the uh, Japanese novelist uh, Yu Godai. And uh, she had to uh, basically uh, withdraw from the uh, game project before all the scripts were written. And uh, so uh, her uh, role was basically filled in by uh, Tadashi Satomi, who had uh, basically previously written scripts for the first three, uh, first three Persona games. And uh, yeah, I'm going to read the uh, read the novel before uh, we record the next episode, because um, even though this is a pretty story-like game, it does have a pretty intriguing setup and some kind of interest- interesting characters, so... I'd be interesting, I'd be interested to see, like, what the, uh, basically, uh, what the novel, kind of, like, where the novel goes with it. So, yeah, Yeah. um, Elisa, do you want to give us the basic setup?
2: Yep, so, um, basically, the first game, uh, the setting is uh, Junkyard, which is a combat uh, simulator program, and you have these six uh, different tribes. Um, The tribe that, of course, you play as is the... um, is the, uh, Embryon, and so basically, uh, each tribe has a particular territory, and they'll have all these skirmishes to, you know, try to take over each other's territory and whatnot, um, so, uh, basically, uh, during a border skirmish between the Embryon and another tribe called the Vanguard, so there's this demon virus that's introduced, and it infects everyone in the junkyard, um and basically turns all the chaos. So what happens is, uh, branded with a mark that represents their atma, and uh, gradually awakening to their uh, base uh, emotions, uh, it ba- it basically turns everyone, it, all the people of the junkyard, including these tribes, into essentially cannibals. So that's actually. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. Yeah, so, so- it's a pretty hardcore opening where you get to watch, like, everyone, like, start eating each other, and it's just, <laughs> it is <laughs> so, yeah. so it happens. They basically yeah, go, go by ahead. the, uh, this game
0: basically goes by the uh, take on human nature that, uh, um, you know, basically all humans are here uh, for is uh, fucking, eating, and killing,
2: so. Yeah! Yeah! Mm-hmm. <laughs> Exactly, so so basically, um, what this mark ends up doing, you know as we as I've kind of stated, is that um people in the junkyard now they have to devour their foes to satiate their uh demonic hunger or risk going berserk um so then Sarah, a so called cyber shaman, arrives uh and she's suffering from amnesia, and she ends up being taken in by uh embry- i know right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, she she ends up being taken in by the uh, embryon and revealing herself capable of calming their hunger with her singing and so you know the you know and then, and then of course the plot starts developing from uh, that point yeah pretty yep. much um yeah
1: that, that's the setup we've got um so and uh unlike uh, some of the uh, other SMt games uh, this game has a pretty A more traditional JRPG party system where rather than befriending and capturing demons, you uh, have party members who join and leave your party as the uh, plot dictates and, you know, have various and distinct strengths and weaknesses, although there is some customization with the um, character growth within the combat system. Um, So your main protagonist here is uh, a silent fellow by the name of Surf, who is the leader of the Embryon for some reason um
2: personality yeah yeah he has ice powers (laughs) very cool oh wait no i didn't mean that.
1: um um yeah and then we have um sarah who uh yeah shows up at the beginning in some kind of pod in the junkyard when everyone turns into demons um yep um and she's not in your party she's just a plot device essentially <laughs> um <laughs> other characters we have are um Argila who is a girl and nice and doesn't like eating people um that you know she has like empathy and things like that uh, and then we have <laughs> Heat who is angry and violent uh and uses physical attacks um we have uh Cee-Lo, who is Jamaican and funny <laughs> Um, don't know, don't know what it is with these Jamaican characters. Um, it's it's an interesting choice for for the localization <laughs> team. I'll, I'll say that much. Oh
2: man!
1: Oh man! Yep. Yeah. Uh, and he's lightning powers. And then we have Gale, who has wind powers and is like a mm-hmm. robot man. Not like literally robot man, but like very cold and logical. Kind of a spot character. Yeah. And then uh, we have the antagonist, who is uh, the mysterious angel, um, who shows up and tells everyone to kill everybody. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> um, yeah, so those are the characters. Um, everything I just described about them is pretty much all you would need to know. Uh, there's not a lot of nuance with the characters, which, to be fair to the game, I think it is something that it's doing intentionally, mm-hmm. um, with um, kind of the the plot indicating that emotions are new to these people and giving each of them kind of one trait. It, it, it feels like it's intentional and they're going right. somewhere with it.
2: Yeah, exactly. Because in the beginning of the game, they were pretty, like, you know, emotionless, and the game did make a point to show that. And then, you know, as you were just saying, as you progress in the game, yeah, like, their emotions start emerging, which is why it seems very one-dimensional at first, because they never experienced that, so. And it, it is very interesting to kind of see them try to cope with those feelings mm-hmm. for the first time yeah
1: yeah um also worth noting um the game is uh, inspired by indian mythology um so um a lot of uh a lot of uh, hindu words uh that uh are very long and <laughs> difficult to say um <laughs> I- i'm not an expert uh in indian religion although i, I know more than nothing um so like uh the uh the seven tribes and their cities are based on the um the seven chakras mm. um i don't think that means too much but you, you can read stuff into that if you like and the position and the um the, the prince uh, sorry the theme of the story does seem to focus on the idea of um you know moving towards a nirvana and reincarnation and all of that mm-hmm. does come up um the demon marks are referred to as the atma which um in uh, Hindu cosmology uh, is uh, the individual soul as opposed to uh, the well, it's the Atman, uh, as opposed to the Brahman, the individual soul as opposed to the universal soul. And the process of reincarnation and progress is the process by which the two, uh, the Atman is revealed to be the same as the Brahman, uh, sort of the individual encompassing the universal, uh, which is neat. Um, <laughs> not, um, you know. I'm sure we'll uh, see at the end where they're going with that. Um, And not to uh, say that this is specifically Hindu inspired because Indian religions do cross pollinate a lot and it's much more complicated. I think in the Western world, we are more likely to just be like, Oh yeah, it's all Hindu stuff when really there are other Vedic religions and like Buddhism plays into their Jainism. Like these are all traditions yeah. that really heavily cross pollinate mm-hmm. each other. So that is worth bringing up that it's more generally Indian inspired than specifically Hindu say. Yeah, right. it's kind of
0: like I mean, it's um, there's there's definitely references, but like it's sort of like you know like um, the Native American uh, you know symbology and uh, soul hackers. You know, it's like it's there. It's kind of like the general idea, but it's not like you know hard and fast like. This is like the main, you know, the primary inspiration for the mythology.
1: Yeah, it seems like it's a, it's a framework mm-hmm. that they applied onto the story here. And I, I you know, I, I think that you know, maybe by the end we will see some more thematic connections because this the, the structure of the story of this game does seem more well kind of organized than we've seen with some of the other SMT games where stuff just kind of randomly happens. Like, it, it feels like... They knew where, where it was going. Yeah, yeah. I wonder of how Switch much time. that,
0: like, I'm curious to read yeah, this, uh, exactly. this novel. And I, like I said, I will before the next game. I, I'm curious to see, like, how much, like, it being, like, based on a novel or inspired by a novel um, that hopefully is better than uh, the Digital Devil Story books because those were fucking awful. <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: my God.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see, like, how much. You know, sort of like having that kind of like, you know, rigor and sort of like additional kind of thematic, you know, heft that you might have like in a novel, like how that's kind of like influenced the game.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, Okay, so that's um, story and setup there. Uh, So I'll go a little bit into the mechanics here. Um, Combat uh, on the surface is very Mm -hmm. reminiscent of um, SMT3 Nocturne. Um, particularly with the inclusion of the press turn system, um, which is um, somewhat similar. You, may, if you've played the Persona games, it's like the uh, additional attack you get uh, when you use an enemy's weakness. Although mm-hmm. it's a little bit more, it, I, I like it a little more. It has a little more nuance to it. Um, with getting like yeah. an, I, an extra action. I think in the in
0: SMT four, it's referred to as like the smirk system or worried. something like that. Like basically like your character gets like a real like arrogant smirk to them. And it's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm going to fucking take it to you this time. (laughs) I got you.
1: Just kind of funny. Yeah. Um, So yeah, if you played Nocturne, uh, a similar turn by turn basis to the combat system, as I said earlier, um, instead of befriending and summoning demons, Mm -hmm. you just have a regular JRPG party um but they can turn into demons um there's a mechanic where they have a human form in the demon form and you should never ever be in human form um because when you're in human form you are bad at least as far, oh, as, yeah. I can, <laughs> as, far as i can tell um <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> so it, it's that that's a whole system there that it, should, it, it gives you the idea of transforming into demons very nicely um doesn't really add a lot to the combat except sometimes you get ambushed and you didn't have time to transform into a demon and you should probably run away because you have to then waste Mm. a turn turning into your demon form and it's just not worth the trouble if you ask me um no it's not (laughs) and then um so the leveling up system uh is uh based on uh something called the mantra system which um I'm just going to be comparing this to other similar games. It's a little bit like um, the license board in Final Fantasy 12 or the sphere grid in Final Fantasy 10. I'd say more like the license board system where you have different kind of nodes that you can unlock uh, by paying money, um, which then you gain a secondary form of experience to level up and then earn the moves that are attached to those nodes. And then Nodes are like, certain nodes have uh, pre-requirements to unlock other nodes before you can unlock them. Um, So you have a fair amount of customization with um, what moves you can learn at any given point for any character. Um, I'd say the main limiting factor on that is just um, Mm. the higher level uh, nodes do cost quite a bit of money. Um, So, And that's really the thing stopping you from just uh, focusing super hard in on one thing and learning that to the max so you're kind of uh encouraged to diversify your skills um also very friendly to the players you can um you don't forget skills um you can just assign them freely out of the entire set of skills you've learned um so if one boss is weak to physical you can certainly just uh equip all your characters uh with physical attacks the best physical attacks and then unequip them when you're done um so it's very flexible very friendly um it's a lot about the game that's mechanics that are just um, very player friendly, I find.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um,
1: it's not, They're not trying to make it hard for you. And it's very, you like making permanent mistakes is difficult. Um, you uh, get uh, to choose the serfs or seraphs or whatever his name is, uh, the main character, uh, Surf. Uh, you get to choose his, uh, you get to distribute three stat points every time he levels up, uh, like in you know, your older SMT games and mainline SMT games Um, and the other characters auto level base or get their stats automatically based on kind of the archetype they're set for. Um, There's also a mechanic where um, you can quote unquote hunt the various demons that you're fighting, which is basically a special kind of move that you can use um, when an enemy is low on health to kill them. And then that character eats the demon and gets a whole bunch of uh, additional um of the secondary experience used for leveling up your mantras. Um yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I'm I'm usually uh I I always like a good, you know, uh cannibalism theme in my my video games. So I'm down with that. Uh I th- I think it's fun and flavorful. <laughs> oh, um I'm sure there are Pac-Man. <laughs> Um, I'm sure there are others. I can't remember them off the top of my head. (laughs) Um, let's see. (laughs) Uh, Were there any other mechanics that were particularly important? Not really. Um, Oh, uh, just an important thing. If you are going to play the game, uh, buffs and debuffs do stack. Uh, that's good to know. I had to look that up because I wasn't sure. And the game doesn't tell you, uh, Using um, your attack down spell on an enemy will lower four times will lower their attack four times. So it's not like a Persona where it just refreshes a certain amount of uh, turns that the attack is lowered. And it stays lowered or raised. Yeah. So yeah, buffs exactly. and debuffs are quite good. Um, oh, and then there's also like a solar noise mechanism, which is the same thing as your moon cycles and other smt games um i think that affects um your chances
2: of escaping for battle
1: yeah it affects a couple of mistaken. a couple of things yeah. um it affects how much like certain items sell for i think yeah um and how likely you are to get a stomach ache when you eat a demon i think oh when
2: you use the uh, the mechanic yeah, yeah.
1: um it's not super relevant.
2: That's, yeah, you could go by the whole game and not pay attention to it super hard. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Any other mechanics I'm forgetting? I think that kind of covers it. Mm,
2: that's pretty much what I can think of.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. I, yeah, yeah, I can't think of anything else. I, I got to say, uh, I got to say, a uh, list of uh, cannibalism in video games, um, <laughs> or at least where uh, cannibalism has shown up uh let's see uh not only uh in digital devil saga but and i rem- i remember this and this might be a spoiler but uh an smt4 um basically you go into uh the tanuzu uh sh- shelter and uh the uh <laughs> the survivors are uh, suspiciously well fed and they insist their main food source rather than demon meat is beef a oh, uh, boy. sealed Tokyo where uh, oh, raising yeah. cattle, uh, cattle is basically uh, impossible. And, uh, you know, it's basically a uh, bloody human sacrifice scheme run by
2: Ball. <laughs> yeah, oh, I remember that. Yeah, I was, um, <laughs> that was a trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, you you can kind of
0: see where it's going in the game. It's like, oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, they don't really hi- hide it. Um, apparently, uh, there's a, a, good amount of, uh, cannibalism in the, uh, Elder Scrolls games. Um.
1: Oh, yeah, that that's right. Ooh. There's the, there, there's, there's that secret group of cannibals you can join in Skyrim.
0: Yeah, yeah. And apparently it's all, human flesh is also an alchemical ingredient, um, in a lot of the Elder Scrolls games. <laughs> oh,
1: there are those cannibals in Fallout New Vegas. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Like those really, uh, fancy guys who, uh, <laughs> just, uh, super, uh. Horny, get
2: yeah.
0: into eating people. There's also, uh, yeah. I mean, there's also uh, cannibalism in uh, Fallout Three and Fallout Four. I'm not super into Fallout. Um,
2: oh yeah, yeah. The
0: Gaia series has some cannibals. This, this kind of, this goes on. Um, yeah, uh, Fate Stay. Wow. Who knew it. You it. Uh, oh,
2: of course. <laughs>
0: and not surprisingly, uh, some of the Resident Evil games kind of touch on this. So. <laughs> oh, of course, um, yeah. It should be noticed, it should be uh, stated uh, that, you know, not all the uh, things on TV Tropes that's listed as cannibals are really, like, technically cannibalism. They also uh, note uh, the Pokemon games, because uh, a lot of... Uh, you know, there's uh, there's a recurring theme of characters that are really into uh, eating Pokemon. But that's not really cannibalism, so... Nope.
2: No. does <laughs> not cannibalism. No, <laughs> <it totally? Nope. laughs> yeah,
1: definitely not. That's not what that
2: is. Oh, and of course,
0: like, how can we forget that? Dark Souls <laughs> <laughs> series. There's uh, Maneater Mildred. There's... Uh, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's the uh, Covetous Demon... And uh, in Dark Souls 3, of course, you have uh, Aldrich, who is, uh, you know, basically an ordinary human cleric who uh, found out that he could become powerful by eating people. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, yes, boy. exactly. So there we go <laughs> so with the. Uh, multifaceted and very. Uh, <laughs> with your uh, kind of like overhaul of. Uh, cannibalism. <laughs> oh, one more. Uh, of course, uh, Darkest Dungeon. That's not, <laughs> not surprising. Yeah. Not too shocking there. Um, so, yeah, shall we get back oh, to the Oh, yeah, yeah that be- um, um, this is, uh, this is now the, uh, Capitalism Podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Probably.
0: Um, so, basically, uh, yeah, the, uh, Embryon basically <laughs> become, uh, conscious of their, uh, new powers when they meet the surviving Vanguard. Um, and basically, during the time end, they're basically forced to, uh, kill the Vanguard's leader, Harley. Um... Surf is then summoned to the Karma temple uh, along with the surviving tribe leaders. Once there's once they're uh, assembled there, uh Angel uh comes in and basically orders the tribes to conquer their neighbors and ascend the temples tower to Nirvana. And uh they need to bring Sarah uh to um well, Angel's kind of like gender ambiguous um so let's say uh bring sarah to uh them as uh proof of uh your achievements and the embryon basically decide to ally with uh maribel as uh, a means of defeating the stronger tribes
2: okay so after gaining the trust of the uh of uh maribel's uh leader uh jinani they are betrayed by her second-in-command, Bat, who's allies with the Brutes, uh, along with the Solids' leader, uh, Mick. Uh, Jinani, having refused to eat as she needed to, goes berserk and must be killed. The Solids then capture Sarah, leading the Embryon into a fight to the death against Mick. They also successfully trick the Brutes' forces and Bat into a booby trap ship, killing them. During this time, the Wolves are subdued by the Brutes, whose leader Varen has awakened memories of a former life where he was known as Colonel Beck and it's unsuccessfully attempted to persuade Angel to release him from the junkyard. So we have a lot of crazy, you know, uh, um, tribal uh, conflict and stuff, which I thought was interesting, too, mm-hmm. that, you know, you have a lot of other tribes just fighting each yeah, other yeah. It's interesting as well as you. The, uh and so like you know just a lot of
0: nastiness going on, on. <laughs> it's not like unique to this game and smt because you know post-apocalypse you've got a, a lot of uh tribes kind of doing their things but um
1: yeah it's it's hmm. very mad yeah. max fist of the north star kind of boilerplate
0: yeah post-apocalyptic totally.
1: tribe warfare stuff which it's um
0: by. so yeah i mean this is a pretty yeah, uh, exactly this game is pretty light on plot um is there anything that kind of jumped out to you as far as, uh, to you guys, as far as, you know, kind of surprises in the, in the, the game to up to the point where uh, we've sort of gone, and uh, just FYI, uh, we've uh, basically gone up to, um, what point did we get up to? Sorry, we got it here. Oh, wait, wait. Um, basically, we got up to the uh, War okay. with the
2: birds. Let's see. Let me chat in the game
0: and uh yeah is there anything kind of jumped jumped out at you guys it was kind of surprised before uh before the show uh Alex, okay, saying this yeah kind of yeah, like that was a, what it was uh, yep kind of you know jrpg by the numbers like as far as like just the basic plotting
1: yeah it, it's like nothing certainly <clears throat> i was not surprised by basically anything that happened um i wasn't annoyed by anything that happened either um which is praise <laughs> i want to make that very clear um for a JRPG to do very standard JRPG stuff and me not to be kind of irritated by it means the game is doing something right. Um, I mean, all the, all the story stuff is just as long as it needs to be. It doesn't bore you with expanding and dwelling on the same points over and over again, uh, for 20 minutes, cutscenes are like a couple minutes long, get to get you to the next thing, let you know what you need to know. Um, Game is mostly you know.
0: yeah. this is definitely not. Pers- yeah,
1: <laughs> this, this is definitely not
0: Persona Five with the yeah. uh, hour-long cutscenes. <laughs> um,
1: but it's like most of your time plan is just going to be spent going through the dungeons, um, which they're, they're medium complexity dungeons. Um, like uh, there are some puzzles that are somewhat involved. Um, you get into a rhythm with the random mm-hmm. encounters. Um, I think the encounter rate is a little high in the game. It is yeah, it is. And
0: there there were some puzzles that I found really frustrating like early oh, on yeah. where you like chasing that guy around. Yeah. Um, but it wouldn't be an SNT game without a couple of like at least a couple of like really irritating puzzles.
2: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> or like dungeons <laughs> that just like won't quit. Yeah, one thing they seem to like is yeah. stepping on the wrong tile, dropping you onto a bottom floor, and making you have to walk all the way up to the top. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Surprise warp tiles, That's... surprise poison tiles. <laughs>
0: I think one thing that is really interesting about the PS2 games, um, the PS2 SMT games, mm-hmm. and um, I haven't played a ton of uh, PS2 JRPGs because I was kind of not playing games at the time. Um, but from the SMT games I've played from that era, it's really interesting uh, because it's like the last era where uh, JRPGs were like, really crunchy and before they sort of moved primarily to portable systems and they had to have because of that a lot more sort of like user friendliness added on to it. Yeah. Like you know, elements like, you know, save anywhere and stuff like that that became necessary on systems like, you know, the DS and three D S and uh, you know, the Vita and PSP. Yeah. Um, because they were portable systems, like that really sort of like took some of the crunchiness out of it. Like, you know, I definitely you know, it's not too bad in this game, but like, there's definitely like points in Nocturne where it's like you've got like an hour and a half of gameplay or an hour and a half of just going through random encounters just to get back to a save point, um, which would not fly today. And that's largely because like I I, I feel like because these games have sort of uh, moved over to portable systems.
2: Yeah, that's a really good point to make. Um, I guess for me with the game, um, you know, like uh, like Alex was saying, it's, you know, it's very well paced. Uh, I enjoy the fact that, you know, even though they made it more uh, plot centric, it doesn't mean that they bog you down with it. It just means that, you know, you actually have like this narrative that really ties everything together. Uh, and, and like, you know, we were talking about earlier, I like the fact that you have these really cool, like, themes running through that are very deliberately done. Um, like, with the whole emotions thing, like, it's not just, it's not just them, like, writing some characters who they want to make cool so they don't give them emotions. It's like an actual, like, plot point that, you know, there is something very wrong with them, and then when something worse happens... But now they have to deal with this, uh, this side effect of that. You know, it's, like, really cool. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then on top of it, it's always pretty fun to see them play around with the formula a little bit. So, like, with this game being, like, the characters turning into demons, like, that's actually... it's To me, at least, it's pretty interesting because, like, I love the designs anywhere the demon forms. And... I just like the fact that, like, you know, kind of like with uh, uh, Demi-Fiend in uh, Nocturne, you know, you have to end up learning skills yourself. You have that whole mantra system to do that. And you have to basically balance out these characters for the rest of the game, you know, unlike any other SMT game where it's like you got to either toss out or you know, fuse uh, 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 demons, because they're going to be worthless after a while. So it's like, there's more planning, I think, involved with these characters, like, you really have to pay attention to, like, their builds, and what directions you want them to go in, and things like that. So that that was, so yeah, so what I'm saying is, I really like the little changes that they did add Mm -hmm. to the system, and it does like serve to make it, you know, feel a bit fresh as a spinoff game. So yeah, I've been really enjoying yeah. it so far.
0: Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, one of, I mean, there's definitely an aesthetic to the uh, PS2 uh, SMT games um, in general. And I wonder, you know, like there's there, there seems to be some kind of like at least like aesthetic uh, similarity between uh, the Demi Fiend and Nocturne and these characters. And, you know, I feel like, I mean, I guess the PS2 is kind yeah. of like uh, Kazuma Kaneko's kind of like last hurrah as far as like being like primary designer um, on these games. And you could definitely see this is sort of like a refined, you know, like Kaneko was definitely like more influenced by, you know, manga kind of art than uh, anime sort of aesthetics. And... You can definitely, you know, kind of see that reaching its, like, sort of, like, final, you know, or its, like, you know, sort of, like, greatest um, expression in this game and uh, Nocturne and, you know, also uh, the uh, Raidu games, which uh, we covered uh, previously, um, or at least the first one. And, um, yeah, it's it's actually really interesting. Uh, apparently, uh, Kaneko was the first one to uh, propose the game's, like, very basic concept. Um, and also, sort of, the, uh, you know, the uh, characters sort of, like, becoming, you know, awoke, you know, woken woke to their emotions. And, uh, you know, sort of, like, this, like, theme of sort of, like you know both awakening but also uh desperation and yeah that all all that stuff like uh apparently came from kaneko exactly. which is interesting
2: yeah that is it's a, it's a really cool concept to see that i don't know i just really like that a lot like you don't really have like that kind of plot point in a game like that so i mean in an rpg so it's 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 really cool to see it, and I like that it's done here where it's actually done well versus like <laughs> I can't even imagine if it was done yeah in like RPG like all the navel gazing. It's
0: <laughs> definitely not a Final Fantasy game.
2: Like it would be unbearable. I also really there's
0: there's always kind of like sort of like semi-futuristic elements to SMT games you know even though like they essentially you know sort of like take place in you know the you know current point in time but like often after the apocalypse happened to the current, current point of time um but yeah I mean this is like very very uh you know um you know, very, very futuristic in a lot of ways, you know, and, you know, I mean, it kind of touches on stuff that they've hit on before, like, you know, you get yeah. sort of the uh, simulation stuff in SMT2, um, but yeah, I mean, they kind of, like, have some really cool area to move within um, in this game because it's, like, very, you know, it's kind of, like, very, you know, not just, like, post-apocalyptic, but also kind of, like, dystopian future world um you know even though you know even if it's like basically inside
2: of simulation exactly you know you have a very strong sense of bleakness in this game especially in the beginning which i think a lot of uh apocalypse themed ones like media they have a hard time conveying that and i think they do a really uh good job of that in this game like you just really get a sense that okay you know they're having these battles yeah, there's definitely kind of like, like a feeling to man where it's like, game like, like it's not like, like this
0: 20 is years awful. after the apocalypse <laughs> like, or, you, know, uh, you know just kind of like a few years or a few decades after the apocalypse it's like you get the feeling that like you know it's it's been a couple centuries the, since the apocalypse happened and nothing you know nothing good has come along you're just kind of like in this modern technological yeah bondage or this futuristic technological dark age.
2: Exactly, yeah, exactly, you know, and I think that's what really, like, uh, I think that's what really makes things, like, just feel even more, like, kind of depressing and whatnot because of that, because if it, you have this sense that it's just been very static. These tribes have been fighting for so long, and it's just kind of, like, Man, like, how much more can this kind of thing go on for? It's just, you know, like, I feel like if these whole, if these <laughs> events, as terrible as they are, didn't kick off, I think overall things would have been even worse <laughs> in the long run. If like it just kept going on the same way, it would have been kind of like, man, like, what's the point? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of like humanity would I mean, know, be like, here if this is what um, all everyone does. <laughs> uh, it,
0: it kind of reminds me of something that a uh, one of my English professors said when I was in college Mm -hmm. that uh, basically, you know, especially, I mean, this is kind of true about any kind of fiction, but especially in kind of like contemporary fiction where it starts out and you've got these very sort of like static, Mm -hmm. static characters in a very like static uh, sort of situation. And then somebody, uh, you know something you know some kind of event or somebody comes in and basically kind of like upends that entire sort of like static situation
2: yeah no it's true and and yeah that's very true it does do that but and i think that's what makes it interesting here because it's done kind of differently because then you're really like i mean what upends it it doesn't end up being like automatically you could tell it's for the better like you know and the often media have it like it's a big kind of revolution and you can see like that kind of sweeping change in this game. It's like I mean it is a sweeping change, but it's like horrifying. So it's you know, so I like that they really tackle that angle too. Like sometimes these kind of changes aren't gonna be pleasant or nice at all. But but you know they might be necessary. It is Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> game's pretty good you know its cool <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah no I'll uh, I'll definitely uh I'm taking a look at uh that right now or not watching it but um yeah I'll definitely link to it in the uh, show notes so uh yeah I think that that's gonna uh, leave us off for this episode um I just want to say uh, you know if you uh, want to rate and review us on iTunes and uh, or uh, Apple Podcasts, I guess it's known as now um, that would be awesome and yeah. Yeah. Uh, send us an email at mega marathon at, uh, gmail.com or hit us up on uh, Twitter and Facebook. We've been getting some really, uh, kind in recent months, uh, via our Facebook and, uh, email, uh, and some, some really cool stuff from people like, as far as like, you know, people thanking us for, uh, you know, doing these, doing these shows because I've got like long work schedules and whatnot. And so I just wanted to like say that, that stuff's really cool to hear. Uh, you know, because I definitely, um, listen to podcasts to, you know, sort of while a lots of kind of tedious hours. And, uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> um, so it's
0: cool to hear that we're doing the same thing with our show. So yeah, thanks. And keep on keeping the, uh, keep on sending those messages. Um, we're always happy to hear them. Is there anything you guys want to uh, plug or promote while we're here? Um, Elisa does write for uh, dual shockers so cool yeah yeah and uh, Elisa's stuff is definitely worth reading on there <laughs> <laughs> nice awesome well thanks for listening and uh, we'll be back uh, hopefully sooner rather than later uh, we'll wrap up uh, SMt or uh, digital devil saga one and uh, maybe touch on some stuff in the digital di- digital devil saga 2 because uh, yeah, these games are you know sort of like light on plot but you know um they also sort of like from i understand and played a second one yet uh from what i understand you know they sort of like go from one from one game into the uh, next one pretty seamlessly so cool yeah well i think that's gonna wrap us up for this episode and uh yeah thanks for listening all right